0: I was going to have a song for this episode but I couldn't record it in time. Um that's okay Michelle. Another song that I'm not in. <laughs>
1: Come on, man, you gotta be prepared with
2: that. I mean,
3: I can't believe Mike doesn't hear you singing and just kind of burst in the door.
2: I can't believe he doesn't hear my singing and go, Mike, come over and record something with me. You have the voice of an angel.
1: Drop a hot sixteen for us, Mike. Let us hear this voice of an angel.
2: You know what? Let ask Michelle about when. No, when no, it's no, no, no.
0: Do it, do it, Mike. Please. <laughs> no, no, do no, it. no, no. Let's drop a hot sixteen. When... Yeah, no, drop no, you're, 16. So anxious. you're so
3: no, no. anxious to sing, no.
2: Mike, you know. I, I don't sing on for peanuts. What about one million peanuts? Yeah. That's a
0: lot of peanuts. The password is periwinkle. Again, the password is periwinkle. It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where free writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And our guest today is a writer. He's fast. He's a blast. He was here in the past. Please welcome back Tyler Hoog. Hey, thanks for
1: having me, guys. Excited to be here.
0: We've been trying a lot to have you back for a while. Yeah. We have failed in that regard, but now we have fixed it and you're here.
1: You want to hear the funniest part about all of this? You guys are like, which one do you want to do? And I picked the episode we're talking about today. I meant the one before it. Ooh. So I was, because that one is my favorite episode. I love this episode that we watched. So now we're doing my second favorite episode of Full Metal Alchemist.
0: Nice. Second favorite. Then tell us, what do you think about last week's episode?
1: I'm a sucker for, like, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde complex. And so I absolutely love, like, two characters inside of each other fighting. So watching them come together to kick ass is, like, the height of Full Metal Alchemist for me. Even though I know we're following Ed and Al. But I like that moment. It just brings so much more life to the world.
0: We get some of that here, too. Yes, this week's episode, which of course is Sacrifices. It was directed by Kiyomitsu Sato, who directed seven episodes total, including The Immortal Legion, Signs of a Counteroffensive, The 520 Cent's Promise, and more. This is their last episode, so sound out the canon. There goes the canon. It was written by Hiroshi Onoki, head writer of the show, wrote 24 episodes total. Fun fact, they're also the writer of every single episode left in the show. So we'll be hearing their name a lot. Well,
2: you know, that makes sense makes to sense. me because this got to be tight. It's got to work. You know what I mean? And clearly it, it's like one long finale. From here mm-hmm. on it out. really is. Just hearing the uh, five hundred and twenty cents, whatever it is, reminds me of something. And 20 20 cents no, no, everyone stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, that reminds me of our promise to you, the viewer, the piss dragon promise. And it's right. something that I like to bring up, you know, because we haven't brought up in a long time, and I want to make sure that we're all still on board because we're getting close. Can I tell you? I really fully forgot about it somehow.
3: <laughs> and it's right g- there on the oh. logo. It's right there on our logo. I know. I somehow detached, like, the symbol of it with its meaning, which is I'm going to have to drink whatever's in that.
2: Yeah, we don't know what it is. I like to think it's brandy. I just think we should probably just call this the brandy promise. But unfortunately, that's not what this is. We
1: don't know for sure. Was Tyler here when we were talking about it last? No, I don't even know. But it sounds like you guys are having to drink a mysterious liquid. Yes.
0: (laughs) To those who don't know, Mike found a dragon <laughs> filled with a yellow liquid yellow liquid <laughs>
2: but oh, it's no. beautiful it doesn't really matter what we'd rather anything we have made a promise to you the listener that at the end of this podcast we will all take a healthy swig of the piss dragon and uh let you know how it goes
0: now it's time for our improvised recap. It's the moment of the podcast where one of us would do an improvised 21-second recap of this week's episode, and that person will be decided by the roll of a dice. If you land on one, it's me. If you lands on two, it's Arthur. If you land on three, it's Mike. If you lands on four, it's our guest, Tyler. So let's roll the dice. Four, Tyler. Okay.
1: Alright. So it's yes yeah. guest. That doesn't happen enough. Three, two, one go okay so we get the finale between the fight between prince lee slash greed and uh homie with the eye that i'm all of a sudden blanking his name uh so greed goes wild and busts everyone up and then uh the homunculus dude is trying to get the four pillars and trying to make roy mustang turn uh home hawkeye into or to do a human transmutation they can get the four pillars.
3: That was actually very comprehensive.
1: By
0: the way, you say pillars, not sacrifices.
1: I thought they were the four pillars, though. Are you watching it subbed? Yes.
0: Okay, you know so what? I guess this in the is, sub, this, they No, this has to come up before. Pillars. We had a
2: guest who told us that the word sacrifice was actually a mistranslation, and it was all about these pillars, you know what Yeah, I mean? that's biblical. Uh, yeah. The four I pillars the,
1: that the world is held up by.
2: I, I think that's really interesting um, and a really cool little catch, you know?
0: It wasn't just that. It was also that the word that they use which, if I'm not mistaken, is Hitobashira or something, refers to a specific type of, like, it was people who were...
2: Sacrificial pillars.
3: Yeah, for, like,
0: (laughs) buildings or something, right?
3: Oh, yeah, no, it
1: was more like cornerstone, like foundation, sort of. So there you go, the more you know. (laughs) It's going the extra mile. (laughs) Also, I would say that these episodes are 23 minutes long, therefore you should get 23 seconds, therefore... Two seconds mm. over, I nailed it. That's just my addendum to the rule.
0: Uh, judges? Mm. They said, the judges say no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried. Oh, judges no. are I, me.
3: I would, nice try. I would counter that by saying that we're not describing the OP. So Ooh. that's,
0: you know, yeah. fair point. Fair point. Since Arthur is very like, oh, positivity corner. I'd like to premiere a new segment called The Negativity Corner. Oh, so. come on. Here we go. So, your Uh, whole life is the Negativity Corner, Michelle. Here we go. I don't care. In regards to the sacrifices, there's like questions I have about it that are really like bothering me a lot thing I would like to show to do right now is just be a little bit more specific, you know? Because I look at the sacrifices that they got picked, and I looked at the information they give us, which is, the sacrifices need to have done human transportation. And my mind immediately goes to two sides. Number one is, Hohenheim didn't do human transportation. He was just like a bystander. And number two is, out of this entire country, it's really just these five people who happen to know each other? Like, really, that's what... Like, it feels on purpose, but they're not saying what the purpose is, right? Because it's way too coincidental to be random.
2: I kind of agree with Michelle that it's not very clear what's going on here. It is a little convoluted. And I also think it's a little strange that, like, Roy hasn't opened a gate yet. And they're like, it's like a little messy to me that they have to be like, okay, now open a gate and then we can do this. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird that they haven't found a reason in the plot for him to have done that already.
3: You can human transmutate anyone, Roy. Like, I don't know that guy like that or, uh, and me <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> well or, i'm just a soldier but, right? but
1: hohenheim did open the gate
0: hohenheim yeah, opened the gate I, not by his own choice hohenheim was just the somebody who was there when father did his thing i i agree with you that it's murky
3: but i think it seems to me that the necessary ingredients for being a sacrifice is not necessarily trying human transmutation but it is having seen the truth gate.
2: That's, that sounds right.
3: So Michelle, what's bothering you is just the coincidence that, that these people happen to know each other.
0: Well, but clearly it's not a specific, but here's the thing. It's clearly not a specific enough list of rules because right now, maybe like an hour before their plan goes into motion, they're like, we need a fifth one. Oh, this guy is here. So make Roy must send it to the fifth sacrifice. Sure, yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you
3: that it's not the best plan, but you know, that's uh not the first villain to have a kind of plan with holes in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, are, are you noticing this because you've watched this show seven times and you're critiquing it? I've watched it? it two times. This is the second time I'm watching it. I thought this is your favorite show.
0: <laughs> I never said yeah, that. <laughs> uh, this is what I say like every episode. <laughs> Did I say that?
1: Hello, I am the editing robot. Michelle told me to listen to the entire podcast to figure out if he ever said that. I couldn't find anything. But I know that's not what you guys want. So, here, Full Metal Alchemist is my
0: favorite show. Uh, I would say it's my favorite. I love it. You told in the me it was your favorite show. The you same did. way you did. That's that well, was. The pitch I can pitch to go me. back in our
1: Facebook chat to like. It's 20... my favorite
2: show, guys. <laughs>
1: I thought the okay. whole point was to experience something you love with your friends.
0: Well, wait, hold on a second. So, so that means I can't criticize it? Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. Yeah. Did you
3: notice
1: it the first time? <laughs> no, I didn't. Then it's not that murky.
3: What you're saying is not untrue. I think it's a refrigerator note. You know, you go home, you open your fridge, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. It doesn't have a big impact on the story uh, as you're watching it. It just doesn't.
1: Yeah.
2: It didn't take me out of it. It's just, But I don't disagree with Michelle's point. You know what I mean? I, I really don't. But I do think it might be because he's watching this with a master's degree in screenwriting a years later after, like, you know what I mean? Your palate has become, you know, a bit refined for screwy situations like this. You know what I mean? You see it. And I, I honestly didn't see it until you pointed it out. I felt weird about greed, Ling, for the longest time. As you guys know, like, I constantly brought up how I felt it was kind of a weird pairing and it wasn't really working for me and stuff like that. But, like, at the show, at a certain point, now I'm, like, into it. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, Greedling. Yeah, you're an awesome character. <laughs> yeah, it was
3: cool. Let's talk about that. <laughs>
2: you know? like uh,
3: Let's talk he, about his moment. What I thought was really cool with Greedling this, this episode, and I think we started to talk about it last episode, and, like, the border between the two characters is, like, shifting and blending a little bit. Like, the guy's watching them and is like, Wait, who's fighting right now? Even Is that Ling or Greed? I think that's very cool. They're becoming kind of this like functioning unit.
1: I love characters that have two people inside of them, right? Like I love the two heads are better than one, right? Like for all its faults in the Venom Tom Hardy movie, at least the relationship between Venom and Tom Hardy is fun whatever you want to say about the rest of the movie, but their like, banter with each other is fun and they both clearly have a purpose, right? And that's the same with Greed Lee. It's a fun dynamic to explore.
2: The, yeah, it's like a double, it's fun because they both have fucking reasons to give a shit about all this. And, then, and it makes you yeah. start thinking about, like, Greed, of course, doesn't want to sacrifice anything. Like, to him, these are his precious little things. Like, everyone who dies is something that he's losing, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just want to cool. say something real quick, Tyler. Oh, Jesus Christ. You little (laughs) bitch. (laughs) You coming to my podcast.
1: (laughs) I don't believe that it is clear cut that Mustang is going to save Rizza Hawkeye, whatever her name is. I don't believe that it is clear cut that he's going to save her. Mm -hmm. Roy's arc is he's a tortured soul who has done evil in the name of what he thought was good. And his arc is now questioning the people who told him the evils that he committed were good, right? And so he does owe her, right? And he does look after her and he does care for her. But this is also a person who sees the bigger picture of the world. And we're watching him, Scar, and Riza go through this thing that to me is interesting. I have an idea of what happens in the next episode, but I'm not 100 certain. But I think it's an interesting moral dilemma to leave off on.
0: I swear to God, if a character—I don't remember what happens—but if a character shows up out of nowhere to save them, I'm gonna fucking flip. I hope it's, <laughs> I hope it's Shalme, but look—I swear to God, <laughs> if the panda saves oh, them, Chalmay, they, be this so podcast beautiful. is just over. It's just like, gonna be, be no so t- two, 20 minutes of me yelling. If this podcast, no, th- that's what. Where- <laughs> That's isn't what, is that is now. what this podcast already is that's what it
2: is now no if that happens i'm taking over the podcast and we're changing the name to mike's panda corner with arthur yeah <laughs> panda talk forever yeah. created brought to you by arthur created by arthur
1: all the t's are being crossed all the i's are being dotted right like everything has to come to fruition mm-hmm. and the way that they come to fruition is a fight for survival it's the last leg of fight for survival. What do we do? And we're seeing all these characters that have filled out the world do those things so that we can save it from this atrocity that is the Philosopher's Stone.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The doctor with the gold teeth. What's his name again? The doctor with the gold teeth. Right. The doctor with the gold teeth. I Here's my criticism. They've introduced him twice. Mm-hmm. I wish that he had been a little bit, maybe just a little bit more talked about, you know what I mean? Just so that this was really hitting a little bit better because right now I feel like, you know, when you're playing a video game and then all of a sudden there's a boss who's like really important, but you're like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, actually, Magellan <laughs> said the exact same thing last week, which is right? funny. It's like, oh. Yeah, uh,
3: Magellan
1: called the good doctor a mini boss. And yeah, that's what he is.
2: Yeah, you're just like, um, okay, well, let's kill him. But
1: I think it's interesting to cap off the episode with the trauma that Lee is going through, that greed experiences with him, right? And it's a trauma that greed has lived through himself, like whether he remembers it or not. But greed had his people murdered in front of him and stripped away by Bradley and his people, right? Right. And so that's why he connects with Lee, which is what makes them such an interesting dynamic and a duo together.
2: Well, I don't think that um, Bradley's dead...
0: What makes you think that? I don't I don't know. I just like... That's the a, easiest guess of all time. You know, if, you, if yeah. you
2: drop a train on someone and they're fine, then probably they can survive a shoulder
0: wound. It would be really funny if Bradley just died and they were like, but we're going to give five minutes to Buccaneer.
2: I liked yeah. his death scene because that he's like a good soldier. You know, he held out to the end. He salutes,
3: he dies smiling. The only problem with his death is that he didn't have like some ladies being like, thank you for saving us because he seems to really really enjoy when ladies are like
2: thank you we think you're cool
3: (laughs) it's kind of cute it's like he has no game but but he's like really easily like blushes and stuff Uh, (laughs) so that that would be the perfect death if like there a bunch oh. of ladies
2: being like, wow, that was so
0: cool. And he's oh, like, nice. And then dies. I mean, if we're talking about funny moments, uh, don't you hate it when you get stuck inside a person's body and your head is sticking out of their ding dong? Okay, like, I'm glad somebody uh, said it. I was like, uh, you know, the first
2: thing I thought, because I'm like, you know, really trying to like be analytical. And it's like, I wonder if they're, they're saying something here. <laughs> that whole time's yeah. a dick. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm like, no, it feels like maybe I'm reading into that. <laughs>
3: I enjoy the way Hohenheim is when he's around Father, his sort of manner where he's like he never ever loses his cool. He's like, "Well, I do apologize about my appearance. I'm <laughs> a I'm
2: a penis right now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm yeah, I'm a weird penis." Or or he's like, "You might have actually hurt me there." I like his like very polite, very calm demeanor. He's like very unflappable in a uninteresting an way. And I'm, you know, it occurs to me now that it could be connected to like the massive trauma he went through, where he's like he's literally seen it all and like doesn't lose his cool anymore, mm-hmm. or or something to do with having you know
2: five hundred thousand souls uh, uh, fighting five hundred twenty five thousand souls of <laughs> <Genesis>. <laughs> <And Hohenheim. laughs> you've ever been like a camp counselor and you've managed a lot of children and like a lot of people's needs and you know had to put yourself last and just get through the day, you know at the water park. Like, that's basically what he's doing times 500,000. Yeah. Like, at a certain point, things don't bother him anymore. You know what I mean?
0: Can you guys hold the fort for 10 minutes? I need to step out for a second. Okay. Okay. Are we allowed to keep talking about the episode? Yeah, keep talking. Keep talking about it. Shit talk me, whatever.
2: All right. So like Michelle, I feel like he gets like extremely over analytical and over like, I think he overdoes like looking at the thematic resonance of what's going on and and doesn't realize that pragmatically we need to create a sharp narrative that actually has a conclusion that becomes more simple, not more complicated. That's what I think. (laughs) Yes, I mean, I think I,
3: you know, yeah.
2: I agree like he's not making a, a social studies rep- paper here you know he's not making he's oh, not i mean like this is not I a treatise on how society like, Papers works. i've
3: read you know i flirted with being a film studies major and stopped for like this exact reason because it's so ethereal and abstract and I like mean, it disregards like the making of things and the
2: it's it's and, like, valuable why we
3: watch stuff at all it's a valuable
2: endeavor i think that there's every reason that it should that people should do that and stuff like that but it's like this is just my opinion but as writers who are discussing the show we're not talking about the theory you know what i mean like we're talking about how it
1: works i understand to an extent right because my favorite show of all time is avatar the last airbender i think that is the gold standard for television but it's not perfect at the end of the day He's fighting a big bad guy who wants to take over the world. Right. And spoiler to anyone who hasn't seen the greatest show ever. But he (laughs) unlocks his ability because he gets hit into a rock. Yeah. Well, don't forget the
3: big lion, the big mountain turtle. Mm -hmm. You know, every writing teacher at USC will be like, don't start with plot. Start with character. Yep. And it's true. But plot is necessary as well. Like plot is the vehicle through which... Character expresses itself
2: and that's one of the reasons I think like there are some unanswered questions that the author definitely brings up and never really has an answer for. But the truth is, there aren't always a lot of great answers for those questions. And even when, if Michelle thinks there are, like, I think it's okay to leave some of that open ended because the characters themselves don't have those conclusions. You know what I mean?
3: Well, it's not even again.
2: Like I've said this a
3: million times at this point. Like, there's nothing like wrong with Michelle's arguments.
2: I've yeah. I think we all kind it of just like morally I just, agree. It just doesn't matter to me in like, <laughs> like experience
3: of watching the show as much. Right. It's like. It matters to me like, you know, like if I were like what I I don't know, you know what I mean? It's See, like if you if you force yourself to think about it for a long time and like you could do it to anything.
0: hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm back before we go on to Mikey at the bat. I just want to say I don't criticize stuff. I don't like if I don't like something and I'm not engaged by it. I'm not going to spend 15 episodes of a podcast pointing out ways. I'm personally disappointed by it, but I guess, you know, what we need isn't to talk. It's to sing.
2: Oh God. I expected (laughs) that as a reaction. Did you actually (laughs) prepare
3: it? (laughs) Oh God, was he writing this during that 10 minute
0: break? 525,000 criticisms. 525,000 points about the show. He was, wasn't he? 525,000 criticisms. No. How do you measure how to go high or low? In complaints, in comments, in mentions about Royal Mustang, in talking about why (laughs) Mee Chang is there. Oh my god. In saying how much you... Don't like the military, or saying that in the end you don't care. Because you love doing this podcast, I have improved this in
1: the edit. Uh, round of applause. I appreciate That was beautiful. It. I I am a big fan of any criticism in the form of song. That made it go down way easier. Here,
2: you know what I never
0: expected? I never expected you to sing. Mike, <laughs> now it's fake. time for you to go out into the bat and to make your guess upon Mikey at the bat. Here I go. <laughs> this is the moment of the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in next week's episode based solely on the title and the thumbnail for said episode. Mike, will you please describe to us the thumbnail for next week's episode, Lost Light? Mm, excuse me? Oh, Lost Light. Lost Light. <laughs> what did you think I said? Uh, nothing. So,
2: oh, right. So we've got some characters back that I've been sorely missing. The frog guy, Shalmei, and my panda baby. Anyway, who's that guy? Is that lion guy? No, that's Gorilla Guy. Okay, Gorilla Guy is also cool, but you know I like Lion Guy. Boy, I am so fucking glad Hawkeye is not dead. Mustang is going to open the doors of things, but I think he's going to do it in a way that's going to surprise everybody, and it's not going to be quite so predictable. That's the word. Yeah, it's going to be kind of like a, whoa, I didn't see that coming moment, where he opens the doors and does some kind of human transmutation that is in some way beneficial. (laughs) (laughs) To their situation, which is possible because like everyone here, like everything's kind of in flux. Like Hohenheim is still alive. He's still a philosopher stone that hasn't been fully absorbed. He is in tune with his, with his shit which means that he's kind of an ethical philosopher's stone if you think about it. And that kind of puts something on the board that changes the game for what our heroes may be able to be capable of in this coming fight. And that's my prediction.
0: Now that Mike has made his prediction, it's time for us to grade this episode on a scale from one to five stars. I'm gonna go ahead and give it five stars. Great episode. No, just kidding. Uh- <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> give it five stars. I'm gonna give it three stars. My problems with this part of the show are like on a curve you know like arthur says they're on the curve i have problems with this part of the show it doesn't mean i'm not enjoying it i'm offering this olive branch now let's see if arthur will pick it up as he says is great uh yeah i'm giving it four stars and i'm glad you arrived
3: at that you know taking the olive branch and playing with it <laughs> thank you for the branch <laughs>
2: <He's> um <laughs> uh yeah i'm giving you four stars I'm going to go ahead and jump on four stars enthusiastically. The only reason it doesn't get five is because just a little, I'm, I'm a little, like it's a little convoluted. So, and like the mini boss sort of thing, but it really doesn't bother me that much. And the truth is there's so many great moments. By and large, this was a pretty damn good episode. So four stars.
1: I too am in the four stars, big moments. It feels like everyone is sacrificing because they know something bigger is at hand. And we're starting to see that happen.
0: And now we've reached the end of this week's episode of Full Metal Analyst, so I'd like to take this moment to thank our guests for coming. Thank you so much, Tyler, even though you broke our team apart like an anime rival.
1: That's what I'm here to do, man. Hey, consider me Gara to your Sasuke, Naruto, and Sakura.
0: Sasuke and Naruto would not be stronger without Gara. I have never seen Naruto, so I'm assuming that's true.
1: I saw the first episode. Do you have anything you'd like to (laughs) blow, Tyler? I mean sure, you can follow me at Tyler Wright Shit on Twitter, at Tyler Wright Stuff on Instagram, and occasionally I stream about twice a week on Twitch under at twitch.tv forward slash Hoogan H O O G I N N. And also put in good vibes that Sony will buy the show, and then there can be a full metal analyst podcast about Demon Fight Club. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's it. Thanks so much for having me, guys.
0: Before you go, can you please do one of the Full Metal Alchemists just like interstitials? Full Metal Alchemist. And if you still don't fight the ladies, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's twitter.com slash FM, the word analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If possible, leave us a review and recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Leonard for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram at Camillustrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, especially more of our fight, why not subscribe to our Patreon? Just kidding, I cut all that out. (laughs) For just $2, dollars you receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash fmanalysts. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Play us off! Five hundred, twenty-five thousand, six hundred minutes. Five (laughs) hundred, twenty-five thousand, six hundred minutes. Five hundred, twenty-five thousand, six hundred minutes. How do you measure a year? Daylight, and some daylight and 75 time in six pounds, minutes and curves and carving inches depth, and miles and laughter and this and musical's
2: overrated.